Gentlemen, it's pretty easy to praise, isn't it? It's pretty easy to pray. It's pretty easy to praise. It's pretty easy to worship. It's pretty easy to walk with Jesus. As a matter of fact, it is the easiest thing that I've ever done. And it makes your life feel so much less cluttered, less complicated, less uh, bogged down and weighted down and pulled back and anchored. I mean, you really do feel free. We have made it to 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Can you believe it? We're here. We did it. Now, 
I wanted to have uh, either Ray Comfort or Ken Ham and a couple other people I'd sent out some um, some requests that they could come in on the 100th episode. And I got a couple uh, responses back and scheduling did not work. So we don't have a special guest to join us for the 100th episode. But do we really need a special guest outside of God? I mean, this is truly a God cast, right? And it wasn't in, and God clearly did not want us to have a guest today. I mean, who better to uh, celebrate the 100th episode with than God himself? So we will, uh, whenever we get the um, scheduling worked out, and we'll bring on some guests on the show that are, uh, you know, that are really instrumental to my personal walk with Jesus. Uh, again, that is Ken Ham, Ray Comfort, and others. And uh, up, up, and you know, up until now, folks, this has been the greatest one hour of my life to, to spend, you know, an hour a day on something. This has been the greatest decision I ever made. It's been the greatest decision I ever made. We are 100 episodes in. That means 100 days we've worshiped together in my very personal and very public uh, journey with Jesus. So thank you guys all so very much. I want to thank you all. There's 800 people watching right now. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of this with me. And today I decided during, uh, I've been, there's a lot of things in the last few weeks that I've done that I'm not proud of. There's a lot of things that I've done in the last few weeks that I'm not happy with. And I needed to check myself and I needed to look myself in the mirror over the last few days and I needed to do a lot of praying and spend a lot of time with God, which I've done. And, you know, like getting angry at certain things and not using my anger in a, in a way that actually, you know, furthers the show, furthers the kingdom of God, furthers the good news. Um, you know, lashing out at certain people, uh, not, not, uh, I don't, I don't think that, you know, calling somebody out for something is wrong at all, but lashing out in certain ways at people, both on the show and off the show in my private life, you know, those things like that. These are things that I constantly have to catch myself on. And I don't know if we'll ever go away. I pray that they do. Uh, but you know, I've just really done a lot of soul searching in the last few weeks, especially over the last 10 days. And uh, I spent a lot of time with God the last few nights. And I got to say, folks, I'm very, uh, I, I feel like I've been, um, feel like I kind of was chaining myself down there in a few different ways. And I feel like I'm set free again. So, you know, all I can say is this. When you feel the way I feel, when you feel something isn't right, maybe your guilty conscience is kicking in. Maybe you feel weighed down. Maybe things feel heavy. Spend as much possible time you can with the Lord. Spend as much time as you can. So one of the things that I was convicted of over the last 10 days was the way I respond to things that I need to respond to, but maybe I need to start doing it in a better way, right? So like gossip and accusations. When somebody, when I catch somebody gossiping or when I catch somebody uh, accusing somebody of something and they're not right and the gossip is not right, it makes me very, very upset. It makes me very upset because usually it's people that I'm close to. And I think to myself, 
How could you engage in this kind of crap? Gossiping and throwing around accusations without having any kind of proof or just saying it because your feelings got hurt or whatever. And, uh, and I lash out and I get angry. So God convicted me of that. And that's why I thought today the 100th episode would be titled Addressing Gossip and Addressing Accusations and Aggressi- Addressing Wrongdoing, Ad- Addressing Sin, okay? Addressing things that we do every day, but that we see done every day in, the, in public, And we've been really talking a lot about standing up as strong Christians and calling something out when you see it. And I do, I I 100% agree that we need to be vigilant in calling wrongdoing out when we see it, but knowing how to do it is the key. Because if you do it a wrong way, then you're really just adding to the problem. And that's what I find myself doing all the time, adding to the problem. So instead of adding to the problem, I need to start addressing gossip, accusations, wrongdoing, and sin, not only in my own life, but things that I see in my family, things that I see in public. I need to do it the way Jesus did it. And some might say to me, well, what do you mean? Jesus didn't do, oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. All you have to do is go back and read the Gospels. Anytime Jesus saw wrongdoing, anytime Jesus heard gossip, anytime he heard people whispering among themselves or knowing what was in their heart or, or, or trying to cause division or publicly sinning, what did Jesus do? He called it out. And he not only called it out, he called it out immediately. He didn't let anything fester. He didn't let anything go unnoticed. He didn't let anything wrong go untouched. He called it out immediately. And that's what we need to do as well. But we also have to look at how Jesus called it out. And that is where I was convicted, on the how. On the how. So we're going to be discussing that today and, and, and a lot more. And I also have a very, very uh, important video from Ray Comfort on this 100th episode. Now, normally, we don't usually do, you know, like videos from Living Waters until Fridays. But there's another thing that is a very, very, very bad problem in our society and mostly among our men, and that is lust and pornography. So there's a video from Ray Comfort that addresses lust and pornography. And I addressed this a long time ago in my life. This is something that I can honestly say there are very few times that I could be convicted of lusting in my life today. And when I say very few times, the reason I say that is because there may be some subconscious things that happen once in a while that you catch yourself on and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I'm talking about the active, um, the action of going out and purposely looking for, you know, pages or, 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 or social media platforms or porn or things like that that are going to arouse you or get you thinking or get you to lust. Many men, many men are guilty of this and many men who are listening right now. And it doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're single. You need to be called out and you need to be convicted of your lustful ways. And women are guilty of this too, but mostly it is in, uh, it is within men. I'm not saying it's not in a, a woman problem too, because it is. But I'm addressing men because I know how to address it from a man's point of view. And I know being a man, how tempted we are with lust. I'd like to thank Miss Mocha Powered for the $100 donations, a dollar for every Rise Up show. Thank you very much. God knows we need it and we will put it to good use. God bless you and thank you very much. So Joe Bo, he he admits it right in the chat. I fight it every day. There you go. Admitting it is the first step. And lust, lust was... 
Now, pornography was never a big problem of mine. Like, I, I never really liked porn. I wasn't a porn guy. I mean, I saw it as a kid, obviously. Thank you, KC2022. Thank you for matching that uh, donation. God bless you. I struggled with watching porn as a young man, as a child. And I didn't really struggle with it. I should say I watched it, uh, but I didn't really care for it. And I didn't, I never was a stripper guy, uh, going to strip bars, strip, strip clubs, uh, things like that. I never liked any of that stuff, even though I was very lustful and did a lot of very wrong things, sleeping around outside of marriage and all that. I never was a pornography guy, but I did have an addiction to like, you know, Instagram and Facebook and looking at girls' photos and liking them and, and hoping that they would message me and all that stuff. I went through that. I don't have to deal with that anymore in my life. Now, I'm not saying that it's not like a, uh, a devil waiting around like a, a lion waiting to devour because it always is. But my biggest problem now is things I'm addressing like, you know, how I act to certain things, how I respond to certain things. That's the biggest problem I have now. But we are going to make sure we address pornography because... It's something that needs addressed and it's something that needs to be called out. And if you can't call yourself out for it, then you need to be called out for it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Please remove your hats if you're wearing one. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, as we enter this 100th episode of this Godcast, not this podcast, we would like to give all worship and all glory to you, Lord. I'd like to give you all the thanks in the world for creating this environment for us. I would like to give all glory and thanks to you for the people that are donating. Yes, thanking them, but you are obviously weighing it on their heart for them to do that so that this can continue in a fashion um, like, you know, a network fashion. And it's uh, it's incredible that you've built the founding, the, 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 the building blocks, the foundation uh, of this network and these shows so that now we can go out there and spread it to the masses at rallies, at events, at functions. We're always going to have a godly center as we go out there and do this, Lord. And we thank you very much over the last year for building this so strong, over the last two years for building up my own show so strong because it all led to this. All roads lead to you, Lord. And we thank you so very much for this. We ask for uh, for you to Touch the hearts of everybody who is watching and listening. Bless everybody who's watching and listening to this and everybody in their families as well. Thank you so very much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. W. Wilson says, Pastor calls it out all the time. In fact, it's part of the rebuking in deliverance services. It's a strong demon. Are you talking about uh, porn? Oh yeah, porn is... Porn is very bad. Porn is, uh, or lust, period. Lust, porn, all of that. It is very, very, very bad. Ray says, Jeremy, we don't need a special guest. You're special enough. Thank you very much. And so are you. So are you. Thank you. Let's go to one minute prayer for dads. And then we're going to get into the Bible promise book for morning and evenings. Then we're going to go to the chat. Then we're going to do our sponsor. Then we're going to go to Ray Comfort's video. Then we're going to come back and we're going to finish out our, uh, our devotionals. And we're going to talk in between. That's the plan. However, you know here on Rise Up, plans never go very far. Uh, our plan doesn't. God's plan always ends up coming out in the end. Amen. 
Uh, we have 1,150 people watching. Thank you. God bless. Make sure you update your apps on your phone and your TV. The, the, uh, the mobile and TV Rumble app have updated. They are phenomenal. They're amazing. As you can see, I'm watching the app right now on digital TV on Hisense from the Play Store. You can also download the app if you want to watch it on your TV on Roku and Fire Stick as well. I'd like to say happy 59th birthday to Top Foot 4. Top Foot 4. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Top Fit. Happy birthday to you. I don't know your actual name, so uh, happy birthday to you. Let's get into the one-minute prayer for dads. Now, we're going to actually go to page 111. If you have this book, page 111, and it's actually titled Combating Racism because we know there's a lot of fake um, accusations out there of that person's racist, that person's racist, that person's racist. And we know that that term has been so watered down that it doesn't even mean what it actually means anymore. And it's kind of like calling the cops over stupid things that um, require, you know, one or two cops to come and address a situation that didn't need the cops called. What do you do in that situation? Well, what you're doing is you're taking the cops away from real crimes. You're taking the cops away from real patrolling. Maybe they could have been patrolling the streets and seen a crime happening. Maybe they could have been somewhere else in town to get to a crime quicker to stop it from happening. Well, the same thing happens and applies here. When you are saying things that aren't real, when you're calling people racist, what happens is that you take the focus off real racism. Because racism does exist. Racism exists in the black communities. Racism exists in the white communities. Racism exists in the Hispanic and the Chinese communities. But it's really not racism because we are all only one human race. So combating racism isn't even the right thing to say. But in this context, in this world, in today's language, we look at racism as in being a person that doesn't or uh, that hates another person of a different culture or color or place of origin or whatever. So when we're watering down accusations of racism and bigotry, there's actual racism and bigotry going on, mainly from the people that are calling it, that are, that are uh, throwing the false accusations around. Right. That's where it usually sits. That's why they point the finger away from themselves, even though there's three point uh, three pointing back. So not only do we need to combat and call out actual racism and bigotry, but we also need to call out and combat uh, uh, the people that are accusing it falsely, because that breeds more problems than the people that are accusing it rightfully and righteously. Amen. Thank you, K-Mac. I appreciate the twenty five dollar donation. God bless you. We love you. From Colossians 3.11, it says this. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. That is how real Christians should look at things. Doesn't matter if you're from Mexico or if you're from the United States. Doesn't matter if you're from Africa or if you're from Scotland. Doesn't matter if you're from Australia or if you're from China. Christ is in all things. Christ is all things. Okay? That is what we're talking about here. And the same thing can be said for those who are throwing out the false accusations. Because like I said, like I said, that can breed more hatred and more problems than the actual accusation. God's family is made up of all races, all ethnic backgrounds. Christian dads teach respect for others, period. 
by helping their children learn about different cultures. Father God, your kingdom is made up of people from all lands. There is no one preferred race or status. Christ is all and in all. Help me to instill in my children the rightness of respecting all men and women. Help me to model and then teach my kids to abhor racism in all forms. May they learn to love others, for love is the true mark of a Christian. Do you agree? I agree with that wholeheartedly and 100%. I agree with that wholeheartedly and 100%. So here's what we need to do. How do you find real racism? How do you combat and find real racism and real bigotry? Well, there's a very, uh, here's a life hack for you. The people that are screaming it the loudest are usually the people that are guilty of it. And those people that are screaming it the loudest and statistically usually guilty of it, those people are also surrounding themselves around other people who are doing the same thing. So if you want to find out where real racism and bigotry lies in 2023, when there's so many people hiding who they really are, it's very easy to point out, just like we know who is a real candidate and who is not. Do you agree that the, United, uh, that the 2020 election was stolen? If somebody says yes, then you know what kind of person they are. If they say no, then you know which, in which way they're coming from. Just like you ask somebody, are you of the spirit of God or are you of the spirit of, of, of Satan? Meaning, do you believe that Jesus was the son of God, son of man, born as a baby, grew up, took the sin of the world on himself, all the transgressions of everybody, died for our sins, rose on the third day, and eventually ascended to heaven? Do you believe that? Yes, okay, then we know who you are. Well, the same thing goes here. Those people that are shouting it at the top of their lungs are nine times out of ten the ones that are guilty of it. So look at them, the three pink fingers pointing back at them, usually the left in this case, that's them. Very easy to find, very easy to combat, very easy to call out, very easy to prove who is who, okay? Uh, LFA producers in the chat says we have 317 likes. Hit that like button for the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. We have 1,200 people watching. Thank you for being here. God bless each and every one of you. Let's go to the Bible promise book for mornings and evenings. This is the tan book that we read from yesterday that everybody was asking the title. If they pass this hate crime ordinance here in Wyoming, it will just cause more division, says Gina Mertek. I agree. I agree. 100%. CQ says Leviticus 9, 19, 16, 16. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. What do you exactly write? And that's exactly what's happening with people calling out and spreading lies about people. Look at the Supreme Court justices. Justice Alito says he knows who, and, 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 if, and if you know, by the way, Justice Alito, if you know, then put it out there publicly. But Justice Alito doesn't want to put these people's lives at risk right now. He's probably figuring out there's a better way to do it. But Justice Alito says that he knows who um, leaked the Dobbs information out to everybody and leaked that ruling out to everybody. But that ruling also put these people's lives in danger because of fake accusations. See what I'm saying? Really, really... uh, you put a lot of people in danger by lying and slandering, and it needs to be called out. And that is why Matt Gates said yesterday that when he was attacked by that woman in Northwest Florida, you had to press charges. You have to. You have to hold these people accountable. 
We have to hold people accountable. But more importantly, we have to hold ourselves accountable through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. How are we going to call out all of this stuff if we're guilty of it too? We can't play the hypocrite, right? Moving on. Let's read from Spiritual Fruit, and we're going to read from Colossians and Matthew. First, Colossians 1.10 says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So that is why I was convicted over the last 10 days, not about what I was spreading and, set and, 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 and spreading of the good news and the gospel, but kind of playing the hypocrite because I was lashing out at people and saying things that Jesus wouldn't have done. You know what I mean? You know, like when people were mad about, um, you know, mad about uh, the, when we did that Trump rally and we didn't air the first couple questions from the audience. And then we went back to the questions and people were saying things like, you know, to, to saying things that I knew were not true, but I lashed out at those people because I was hurt. My feelings were hurt. And I lashed out at those people and called them out publicly for the things that they said and did. And then people on top of, because of my reaction to that, other people reacted hostile towards me because of the way I was acting hostile. And then I acted hostile back towards those people. You think that is something Jesus would have done? No, he would call out what he saw was wrong and he would move on. And that's what I need to start doing as well. I need to grow in Christ. Matthew seven eighteen, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. I mean, talk about convicted, right? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. I don't want my fruit to come out rotten. I want my fruit to be good, ready to eat, nourishing, nutritional, and, 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 and good and taste, taste worthy. That's what I want my fruit to be. So if I'm doing all of this every day and my fruit is coming out, boom, 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 people are feeling the message because God is using me as a conduit in this Godcast to spread his message. My fruit is boom, 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 flourishing. But then I do one day, one day of doing something out of this world wrong or away from Jesus. And guess what happens? My fruit becomes corrupt. I don't want my fruit to be corrupt. I just don't. Matthew 7, 18. I'm moving on. How people spend their time and money how much they help the needy, whether they are patient when wronged, whether they gossip, every action bears fruit, revealing whether individuals are true disciples of Jesus Christ or not. The lives we lead shout whether Christ is in front and center in our lives. Lord, may my every action bear witness to your Holy Spirit's work leading people to a direct knowledge of the truth. What happens if I'm sitting over here saying, Jesus, 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 look towards Jesus. Stop being of this world. Be of God. Be of Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Don't sin. Don't do wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And then everybody sees, hey, Jeremy's saying this stuff. It's possible, though, that he's just playing the hypocrite. But I don't know. He's saying this stuff. And then, boom, I do one day, one day where I completely go off the rails and get off the path. What happens? What's the aftershock of that? What is the consequence of that? Well, for me, it's I repent and, and move on, and I'm forgiven, and I'm back on the path. But for people on the outside looking in who are not Christians, who do not know how to walk with Jesus, who do not know how to repent and move on, that will stay with them forever. And they will say, and that is why I don't trust a Christian. That is why I do not trust a Christian. So I have got to be very careful. You have got to be very careful. It's like when you go to a restaurant a hundred times and you go, this is my favorite restaurant. 
This is my favorite restaurant. I would recommend it to anybody. And then you go there and you take your family there one time. And that one day, the food happens to have mold on it or there's a bug in it or something. And then you never go back. God does, it's the same way as God. God does not judge you on all of, all of the good things that you do. He does not. He does not say, well, you did all these good things. I'm going to judge you on the good things that you did. God doesn't judge you on the good things that you do. God doesn't judge you on the righteous works that you do. God judges you on the sin that you commit. God judges you on the wrongdoing that you commit. Remember that. Remember that. And I need to remember that. If anybody here needs to be convicted, I promise you, it is me. And I will never, ever, ever uh, call somebody out or convict somebody else or hold somebody else accountable if I'm not doing the same thing to myself. Amen. Amen. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to go to our uh, sponsor of Rise Up, and that's been Trumpet Daily. The TrumpetDaily.com, ladies and gentlemen. Trumpet, the Trumpet.com or TrumpetDaily.com. Either way, you can get to the site. So it's either the Trumpet.com or TrumpetDaily.com. And where that's going to take you is to executive ed- editor Stephen Flurry's Trumpet Daily uh, News Show. And as you can see, if you scroll down here to yesterday, here were some of the headlines Regime media claim America under Biden. He's stronger than ever. I'll come over here. The cities of the world tomorrow. Joe Obama abandons America again. Obama's shadow president breaks from Biden. Silencing Tucker is about stopping Trump. So as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, these people feel the same way we do about the current political state of our country, and they want to fight the same way that we fight. They want to take out the same people that we want removed. So Stephen Flurry's Trumpet Daily will start airing here Saturdays on LFA. TV. I would also encourage you to go over and sign up for their uh, sign up for their publication. Follow them. That is the TrumpetDaily.com. And uh, the good thing about them, folks, is even though um, even though we go to different churches and they probably worship in in, in different ways in, in 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 a Pentecostal church than I do in a Baptist church. There, uh, we've gotten we've gotten a lot of people that says, do you know that they're a Pentecostal? And we look, I'm not I, I get that. I talk about denominations all the time, but I'm not here to divide their message of how we save this country. And through Jesus Christ is what I'm focusing on. And their show is really informational and really good. TrumpetDaily.com. They will start airing here on Saturdays and they supply us with all the money that we need to make sure that we can pass that money on to our Christian school to operate. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Amen. I don't know what time Saturday yet. I'll announce that this week, Friday. Okay. All right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, moving on. I, uh, I'm going to go to this video from Ray Comfort. Now this is addressing the one thing that I was just talking about. Pornography pornography, lust, all of that needs to be addressed in our communities and in our homes. Now, while I am speaking to everybody about this, I am very, very, very sharply and specifically speaking to my male audience. Please look me in the eye. Nothing, and I mean nothing ever comes good from lusting over somebody that you are not married to. And it doesn't matter if you're single or married. Lust is lust. Jesus said, let me take it one step further. I say that for whoever looks at a woman with lust in his heart has committed adultery already with her in his heart, in his soul. 
So the days of looking through Instagram and looking through OnlyFans maybe and looking through TikTok and looking through Snapchat and liking women's videos that you never have a chance with. And it doesn't matter if you ever have a chance with them anyway. You're already committing adultery with them. It breeds a cancer that you cannot control and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to get away from this. I run I absolutely run from lust. What does that mean? If I'm scrolling on social media today, if I'm scrolling, let's say, on Instagram, and I see a woman who's posing half naked or in any way other than she is promoting something for like a movie or something like that, if it's like half naked girl or boobs or breasts or, or poses or anything like that, as soon as that comes on my feed, I scroll by it as fast as I possibly can. Not because I'm afraid I'm going to get caught because I don't want anything to do with it anymore. That life, that part of me is dead and gone. Dead and gone. And any other man or woman out there that is hearing this message right now that has had the same problem and maybe walked away from it, you know the grasp that the devil has on you when you are lusting, when you are in pornography, when you are looking at other men and women and maybe masturbating or having sexual thoughts about it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a grip that is like unlike anything I've ever felt. And it holds you and it will kill you and it will destroy everything in your life, I can promise you. Now, here's a great video video from Ray Comfort in Living Waters about uh, Christians needing to conquer porn. And this is titled, Christians Will Not Conquer Porn Without Doing This. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Ray Comfort. Many Christians are stuck in porn and they can't get out because they don't follow this one biblical principle. Very famous story of Joseph. Joseph was thrown into a pit by his jealous brothers and he was purchased by slave traders. In Egypt, a man named Potiphar purchased Joseph and treated him like a son. He trusted him with everything, the chariot laying out the clothes in charge of the other servants, the food, the finances. Potiphar trusted Joseph with everything. And then along came Potiphar's lusty wife. Joseph was a handsome young man and she desired him. She said, come and lie with me. She wasn't talking about the ninth commandment. She was saying, come and commit adultery with me. But Joseph didn't worship the dumb gods of Egypt. He knew the one true God and he knew the eye of the Lord is in every place beholding the evil and the good. But she kept hounding him, come lie with me, day after day after day, until Joseph said these words. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he, that is your husband, kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Now notice what he said. He didn't just say, how can I do this and sin against God? He said, how can I then do this great wickedness and sin against God? The great wickedness to which Joseph was referring was a betrayal of Potiphar's trust to commit this great wickedness as a betrayal of the trust of her husband. And that's one of the great keys to freedom from pornography. We were slaves to sin and death in Egypt, in the world, and yet Jesus purchased us with his own life's blood. So an understanding of the cross is the key to freedom from the enslavement of pornography. The father and son were once on a camping trip. As they pitched their tent, the father said, son, see that river? It's full of crocodiles. If you want to fish, fish off the wharf. The kid says, okay, I'll fish off the wharf. For three days, the kid fished off the wharf. He got kind of bored. He began thinking, you know, 
kind of exciting fishing out there among crocodiles and a sense of bravado he got a boat and began fishing among the crocodiles. Things were sweet for a time until a great crocodile came alongside the boat. Its tail hit the boat, the boat overturned. The kid screamed in terror. The father heard him scream without hesitation, dived off the end of that wharf into the crocodile infested waters, grabbed his beloved son and pulled him to the safety of the shore. When the son opened his eyes he saw a terrible sight. A great crocodile had got its jaws and wrapped them around his father's legs, leaving them in bleeding Reds. Now what I'm going to say is unthinkable, but imagine if that son turned to his father who was lying there in agony, bleeding to death, and said something like this, Dad, I really appreciate what you did for me, but you know, I found it kind of exciting out there among the crocodiles. You wouldn't mind if I get another boat and go it again, would you? If that kid could think such a thing, let alone speak it, the blind fool hasn't seen the sacrifice of his father. And ladies and gentlemen, and, and that's a stark difference right there, isn't it? Joe, uh, Joseph ran as far away from sin, uh, as sexual sin as possible. That's what I do. I run. And when I mean I run, I run. I immediately get away from any of it as fast as I possibly can because I know the grip that the, de that the devil uses on me about lust. I don't put myself in any position ever. But then the other scenario here, the other uh, the analogy here of the boy jumping into the, sh the uh, alligator or crocodile infested waters. What happened? The people around him suffered. His father suffered. He liked it. He liked the excitement of it. But his father suffered. And that's the same thing that sexual sin will do to you. It's the same thing. The people around you will suffer more than you. And you will ultimately as well. Stay far away from it. Let's go back to the video. Sorry I, sorry I interjected. Thing. Let alone speak it, the blind fool hasn't seen the sacrifice of his father. Dear professing Christian, if you and I have any even hidden desire for the sinful excitement of the world, we've never seen the sacrifice of the father. If that son has truly seen what his father has done for him, a sense of horror will consume him at the cost, the extreme, the length, the expense his father went to to save him. He'll pour contempt upon the drops of water that still cling to his flesh. And dear Christian, the true penitent has seen that God in the person of Jesus Christ, without hesitation, dived into the very jaws of hell to save him from the folly of sin. A sense of horror consumes him at the cost, the extreme, the length, the expense God went to to save him. He pours contempt upon the sinful desires that still cling to his flesh. And he says with the hymnist, And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on that cross my burdens gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. So that's the first key. If we've seen the love of God expressed in the cross, how can we go back to the excitement of sin? To do so, I have to trample his blood underfoot. So the first key is crucifixion of the old nature. Once I've seen the sacrifice of the Father, how can I go back to the excitement of sin? I crucify myself to the world and the world to myself. It's a matter of your own will. And the second key is to cultivate the fear of God. Joseph said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph knew the eye of the Lord is in every place beholding the evil and the good. Amen. He knew that God would hold him accountable. Amen. And if you as much as look with lust, you commit adultery in the heart. Adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. So Joseph feared the Lord. And the Bible says, through the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. That was the difference between David and Joseph. 
David looked on Bathsheba, and he continued to look, and his lust brought forth sin, and sin, when it conceived, brought forth death. He ran because he didn't want to betray Potiphar's trust, and he ran because he feared God. Let me ask you a question. Would you look at pornography in church and say, oh, no, never. I could never do that in the house of God. That's your problem. Yep. See, the Bible says God dwells not in temples made with hands. God's as much in your bedroom as he is in that building we erroneously call a church. The eye of the Lord is in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The problem isn't with your pornography. You don't have a porn problem. You have a lack of the fear of God problem. Yes. The problem is that you love darkness. And listen to the words of Jesus. But if your eye is bad, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. That's more than likely a reference to the light of conscience. If you dull that conscience, if you take away its voice, if you take away that light, you'll be in darkness. And how great is that darkness? So the two tips to being free from the enslavement of pornography is one, see the cross, understand the sacrifice of the Father, and two, fear God as though your life depended on it. And it certainly does. Now watch this. I do believe in God, but there's also multiple, like everyone has their own version of it. Everyone has their own vision. Well, there's only one creator, and we've got different perspectives of what God yeah. is like. There's only one creator that made all things. Do you believe in God? I believe in God. I yeah. have faith. You do have faith? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a very personal question. When did you last look at pornography? God, it'll be like two months, two months ago. And what about you? About like three days ago. What do you think God thinks of pornography? Do you think he's okay with it? No. Definitely not. And what do you think? Do you think he's okay with it? Mm-hmm. I don't think so either. Do you think pornography is addictive? Yes, I do. But you can't stop once you start, isn't that right? You keep yeah, going I, back to it. Ever since that first time you watched it, you just keep on, kept on coming back. I remember the first time I watched it was like, gotta be middle school. So are you going to make it to heaven? I wouldn't say I'm a good person now, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Are you going to make it to heaven? Are you a good person? Uh, Yeah. What standard do you judge yourself by to know if you're good? Um, just staying, sticking to yourself, staying true to yourself. What about the Ten Commandments? Are they a good standard to go yes, by? Yes, those, those are actually really good standards. So I'm going to apply them to you, and you can judge yourself to see if you're a good person. I'm going to do the same to you. Can you be honest with me? Yeah. yeah. How many lies have you told in your life? Many, many. And what about you? Multiple. So what do you call someone who tells lies? A liar. So what are you? <laughs> a liar. A liar, I guess, but... Now, do you still think you're a good person? Yeah. Uh, have yeah. you ever stolen something? Yeah. And what about you? Yeah. What do you call someone who steals things? A thief. So what are you? Thief. No, you're a lying thief. <laughs> now, do you still it's think you're a good... Do you still think you're a good person? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think you're a good person? Uh, no. Okay. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Do you love your mum? I love my mum. Yeah. Would you ever use her name as a, a cuss word? Instead of saying SH, you'd use her name in its place? No. Why not? Just because that's my mom. That was my creator. Yeah, like, she you, birthed you, me. You, you respect her. Yeah, I have, I have that much respect for her. But you don't respect the God that gave you a mother and gave you life. You have used his name in place of that filth word, which is called blasphemy so serious in the Old Testament it's punishable by death you still think you're a good person 
Yeah, because I, I believe everyone makes mistakes, and that's the only way we can learn. Okay, so you're learning by using God's name as a cuss word. What are you learning? Um, that. Okay, it's their mistakes. Now, yeah. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Did you know that? I did know that. And you've looked at women with lust. And I've, did, I've done that. Have you had sex before marriage? Yes. Ivan, so you've looked at women with lust. Have you had sex before marriage? Yes. Okay, now here's a summation. This is for you, it's not for me, I'm not judging you. But you've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart, who's self-righteous, that means you're saying you're a good person when it's obvious you're not, you're like the rest of us. So here's the big question, this is where we're going with this. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at four, on Judgment Day you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Uh, that's... The hell yeah, hell I guess. Hell. What about you? Where are you going if you died today? You gotta I get, today. You got to get him to say it. I'd be going to hell. Yeah. Does that concern you? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Does it concern you? Yeah. And every time we sin, we store up his wrath. Have you ever seen those LA freeway chases where the police are chasing the car and he goes through a stop sign and there's a commentator and the helicopter says, oh, he's just broken the law again. He's making it worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So every time you sin, you're making it worse for yourself. Every time you look with lust or lie or steal... And the Bible says all liars live their part in the lake of fire. Yeah. Do you know what God did for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell? What would he do? I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't know? No. Do you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? No, he died on the cross for us. Yeah, he died on the cross for us. Did you know that? Good boy. Oh, no. I, didn't, I knew he died on the cross for us. I just... I didn't know that was... The... Didn't know it was relevant to you. Yeah. You and I broke God's law, the Ten Commandments, and Jesus paid the fine. Do you remember his last words on the cross just before he dismissed his spirit? He said three very deep words. Do you know what they were? No, I don't. He said, it is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. We broke God's law. Jesus paid the fine. However, if you're in court and someone pays your fine, a judge can let you go. He can say, these speeding fines have been paid by someone else. You're out of here, even though you're guilty. And he can do that which is illegal. And even though you and I are guilty before God, worthy of the death sentence and damnation, God can dismiss our case. He can let us live forever. He can take the death sentence off us because Jesus paid the fine. We can walk out of the courtroom on Judgment Day. Is this making sense? Yeah, it's making sense. And then he rose from the dead and defeated death. And guys, if you'll simply repent of your sins, let go of them. Say, God, forgive me. Create a clean heart in me. And then you trust in Christ, trust in the Savior. God promises, and he cannot lie because he's without sin. He'll grant you everlasting life as a free gift. Did you hear that? Everlasting life, a free gift of God if you, if you just let go of your sins. And there's a problem with letting go of our sins, turning from them, repenting of them, is that we love them. There's incredible pleasure in pornography. There's incredible pleasure in fornication. But it'll be the death of you. It'll be like that moth keeps going back to the flame and there's dead moths at the base of the flame. Say, man, when's the moth going to turn? The only way you're going to turn from sin is if God helps you to do it. And that's what the Bible says he'll do. He'll create a clean heart in you that longs to do that which is right. That's a miracle for sin-loving sinners where he takes you and makes you a brand new person so you want to please the God that gave you life and you want to do that which is right. That's a miracle. It's called the new birth. And the moment that happens to you, you'll pass from death to life and you'll have a desire to do what pleases God rather than what pleases your own sinful heart. Is this making sense? Yeah, it is. Is it making sense to you? Yeah. You're going to think about what we talked about? Yeah.
You're going to think about it? Thinking about it right now. You're going to think about it with a sense of urgency? Yeah. You have a Bible at home? I have a Bible when I graduated uh, the school, uh, church school. So guys, when you leave here, don't just think about it with a casual... So, no, that was interesting. Think about it as though your life depends on it. Because it does. Will you do that for me? Think about it with a seriousness? Yes. Yeah, do you have a Bible at home? Yeah. Can I give you guys a gift? It's uh, it's, a, it's the Gospel of John that'll, that you'll really love. Can I give it to you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you too? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Let me give it. Would you do me a favor? Would you open that up? And there's a couple of, yeah, yes. a couple of bundles of $100 bills in there. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you hear what we were talking about? You're going to think about what we talked about? I always think about it. Oh, that's great. That's the four Gospels, okay? Do you think you'll read it? I don't like to read it. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, you have a question? I have one question. Do you know who published this? Are you like partnered with them in any way? Yeah, I published it. Why did you choose this cover? Um, because it gets attention. And if you read the, if you read, you with me on that? Yeah. And if you read it, it says this little book is worth more than all the money in the world because it tells you how to find everlasting life. So that's why we made it like a bundle of money because that's the way to get people's attention. And by the way, this unique Gospel of John comes to you in the vault. This is where you can safely store your stash. It contains a hundred million dollar Gospels of John and is available at livingwaters.com. So what a way to spread the message, huh, ladies and gentlemen? That video, like all of um, like all of Ray Comfort's videos, it makes you want to cry. It makes you want to cry because you know that that um, the work that he just did right there with those two young men, and with any, and with anybody he really comes in contact with, is more than most churches will do in an entire year. What he just did in that. 10 minutes will do more to further the kingdom of God than most churches in this country will do in an entire year. And getting back to the lust and the pornography and the the desire for sex, we look at the LGBTQ community every day and we criticize it. Because it gets sex. It's all about sex, 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 sex. Well, what do you think that lust is? How are we any better if we fall into that than these people that are publicly wanting sex to be everywhere with everyone? The sin is sex outside of marriage, period. The sin is wanting sex outside of marriage, period, and acting on it. The desire for it. Lust, it's all so bad. I am so afraid. I am so afraid, and this is why I run from it. I'm, I literally, if I see it, I even scroll as fast as I can. I block things if I see them. I don't want them to come up in my face ever again because I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of lust so bad, and not because I'm afraid of the lust itself. I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid of being apart from God. I'm afraid of the discipline. If I fall into that, the discipline will be away from God, being apart from God, as Jesus was when he said, um, why have you forsaken me? He was about as far from God as you could possibly be. I don't want that feeling. I know what that feeling is like. I don't want that feeling. That feeling is, you might as well kill me. I do not want to live with that kind of lost 
vision and that kind of depression and loneliness. Living without God after living with God might as well kill me. I don't want, I don't want to be alive. And I just, it's, it's, that's what I'm afraid of. I know where I've been and I don't want to go back ever again, which is why I'm constantly convicting myself or should I say going to God when I feel something's wrong, when I'm starting to feel distant from God, everybody here knows that feeling. You know that feeling. If you've been close to God, then you know what it feels like to be not close to God. And whenever I get that feeling of being just too far away from him, I go to him. And then he, with, through the Holy Spirit, convicts my spirit. And I need it daily. I need it daily. And if I don't do it daily, I get off the rails. And not with lust. Not with lust. I've, I, am, I run from that. But even other things. Even other things. So I want to read from one more book, and then I want to go to the verse of the day. And we're going to be reading from Every Day with Jesus. Okay? This is a book that Sam and Linda Majaya gave me. And it says, Opposition to the Gospel. Matthew 10, 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. This statement seems to contradict the Old Testament prophecies, like Isaiah 9, 6, which said Jesus would be the Prince of Peace. There's also other... There's also Jesus' other statements concerning peace and much of what was written of him in the New Testament uh, epistles. However, the peace Jesus purchased with his blood was peace between God and people. Through him, and through him, any person can now have peace with God. We are exhorted to take this peace and extend it to everyone. But it also made very clear that not everyone will receive it. Peace can only come when we relate to God on the basis of faith in what he did for us instead of what we do for him. People who believe this, they must live up to some standard to be accepted by God will have no peace because the burden of their salvation is on their shoulders and they can't bear that load. When these people are confronted by the true peace and joy of a believer who knows they are saved by grace through faith, They often attack the believer in order to defend their own self-righteousness. This is the sword that Jesus refers to in Matthew 10. Now, I titled today's show, Addressing Gossip and Accusations. And the reason why I said that is to be that sword. Listen to this. Verse of the day today. I've got got two of them, okay? Um, Mark 2, 5 through 11 and Mark two sixteen through 17. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, quote, Why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? End quote. And immediately, not later, not after he thought about it, immediately, it says... Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, quote, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, quote, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise up and take your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, 
pick up your bed and go home. And then if you go to Mark 16, and the scribes and the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat and with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well, I have no need or have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, all through Mark and the rest of the Gospels, Jesus speaks up promptly when, he, when people are accusing, gossiping, or spreading false information. He doesn't grumble. He doesn't wait until later and gossip about it with people uh, and what they were saying in the crowds to his disciples. He doesn't plot revenge or start a campaign to discredit the Pharisees. No, he calls them out right then and there to their faces so that there's no confusion about what is righteous and who it's coming from. No, he said, she said, hearsay, just straight to the point and very candid, not to be mistaken for anger or being rude, like I do sometimes, just matter of fact, a lot of people get mad at me when I do this, not to compare myself with Jesus at all, because God knows I don't do it properly many, many times, and I don't follow in Jesus's footsteps and stay calm. I know that. However, while I work on my delivery, my actions will never change ever. Anytime I see someone saying something that is not true or gossiping about something that they don't know anything about, I will call them out publicly in front of everyone, the same way that I would want someone to do to me. There should be no embarrassment coming from you if you are the one being called out in public, if there is right, if the person is right in calling you out and you are wrong. Feelings don't trump facts. When you see or hear people doing this, address it and them immediately. Many times, if not addressed, the problem will turn into a contagious and destructive situation, and it could have all been avoided if someone was strong enough to stand up and address it as soon as possible and call out the guilty party, no matter how against the grain it is. This goes for everyday sinning, too. This goes for the demonic things that you see as well. Public campaigns of LGBTQ and trans awareness, lewd behavior, drunkenness, prostitution, etc. The strong Christian needs to stand up like Moses did, like Noah did, like David did, even after he sinned. Trust in the Lord and please him, not man. And that today, ladies and gentlemen, was your 100th episode of Rise Up. I am so incredibly happy that we got to spend it here together. I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, and that's playing a little bit of music from Patrick Mayberry. Easy to praise. God bless you. LFA TV continues with Ungoverned and Sean Farish coming up next, followed by Live from America with yours truly, and then Unafraid with Mike Crispy. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Continue to spread the gospel. Continue to stay strong. Continue to be convicted every day. Walk in the light of the Lord. I love you for being here. 100 episodes down and 100 more to come. God bless you. Have a great morning. See you later. Oh, from the joy deep down inside.